Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Shuttle Pod. This is episode 105. I am Brian Drew, and I am here with Matt Wright. Hey, guys. Kelly Yacovino. Hey, everybody. And Mr. Jared Whitley. Welcome, friends. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining us. The whole gang is here today. The focus of the show is going to be talking about the first two episodes of the second season of Picard. But first, there was a little late-breaking news today about Strange New Worlds. And breaking we news. Breaking, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. very breaking much news. Um, we found out late this afternoon that the actor Paul Wesley has been cast for season two of the show. We don't know for how many episodes. For season two as Captain James T. Kirk. Actually, we don't really know if he's Captain Kirk, but we have a pretty good idea since we can look at the the stripes Uniform. on his... Yeah, yeah. Well, he has yeah. Captain's rank insignia. He does. And he's, there's a picture of him sitting in the command chair as well. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this caught us all off guard. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. This came out today because photos of him leaked onto the internet and Paramount apparently felt the need to get out in front of it and announce it now. I assume they probably were not planning to do this for at least six months to a year. Yeah, because this is season two that they're still in yeah. the middle of filming. I mean, that, yeah. yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen a frame of season yeah. one yet. So well, The thing that's so weird to me is, okay, someone saw, they were filming on public streets and someone saw them and recorded them, put them on TikTok, what have you. But there's no way that that person would have known that it was James Kirk was the character. So I don't know why they didn't just let it go and yeah. ignore it. Because I saw yeah. some people speculating, like, oh, it could be, maybe it's Matt Decker or maybe it's, you know, or yeah. maybe somebody we don't even know. Like, you know, like, they could have easily let it lay, but they decided to get out in front of it. And I, I, yes, it's a weird decision, so, in my opinion. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's that's the. Um, it's not the only weird decision. <laughs> no, that's a big. That's a big. That was a big thing. So, if we figured we'd go around the horn and get everybody's reaction and talk about it a little bit before we move on to Picard. So, what are we thinking, guys? No. <laughs> yeah. It it seems like a distraction. It seems like it's impossible for the show to be about anyone else if you jam the most iconic character of the franchise into it. Yeah. 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 We we talked a lot about the idea of James Kirk amongst the other ideas of what things can't this production and crew resist doing. Mm. Oh yeah. Most like we knew it was going to happen, right? It's we knew somehow. some level. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we knew, and, and and I think the things that we've generally talked about are things that we feel, or I'll speak for myself here, but I think we largely agree on this, that I feel they, they won't be able to resist, but definitely should like they, yes. like they should do their own thing, stay as far away from, the canon that is established that we know stay as far away from those characters and events as possible. They have a little window in canon space that they can do what they want with. And like, but we, that we have this resounding question since they announced the show, like, can they resist bringing in Kirk? And we're always like, well, that would be such a crazy thing to do that even though they, this, this production crew seems like they can't resist any of that. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us like had kind of assumed that they wouldn't go there. Cause that's like a bridge too far. And because they hadn't announced it yet, right? So it's like, if they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it. But then well, that it, the news came. Really I, weird. I see. I think he was going to show up, but he was going to show up at the end of the series. The final maybe two or three episodes. Yeah. Because, right. Because Which it, makes eventually, sense. Eventually, yeah, Stranger Worlds is going to, and Pike is going to leave the Enterprise, and Kirk's going to take over. That is established in the Menagerie. Right. There's a whole, there's a whole bit of dialogue in the Menagerie about this. I took over the Enterprise from Spock, served with him for many years. Can I say what I think should have happened? Lay it on us. So I think what they should have done to sew this into a nice little bow, because you don't want to completely ignore Kirk, as you're saying, Brian, is the last episode of the show. Yeah. You know, Pike is leaving. Yeah. And there's this idea that someone is coming. Maybe even they say the name. Maybe they don't even say the name of who's coming on the ship. And you see a, per- a man step the back of a man step onto the bridge of the enterprise and you just see the back of his head and the back of his his like bust yeah. and maybe they adr some line that william shatner gave from the original series mm. ding hit the theme and zoom out yeah right the yeah. end this yeah. is the this is the passing of the torch there but we you, go but, but we don't better. we don't need to learn about kirk 
No, 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 we definitely don't. No, and I, uh, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. Oh no, just go ahead. I, I was just going to say the other scenario that we totally assumed they couldn't resist was the oh we're going to run into like young Lieutenant Kirk is going to cross paths at some point right, on the Farragut or something. Uh, yeah, mm. and so. But the part that this isn't even that somehow, as we were just discussed, he has captain stripes and he's a little bit older. You know, he's like the, he's like his, he's like 30 something like he would be in TOS. Like what? Huh? Because Paul Wesley is nearly 40. Yeah, he's nearly 40, but he's, he looks, you know, he looks good. He's got a young, youngish he does. look. Like, he does. So, so let's just say he's in his, let's pretend he's in his early 30s like Kirk was when he took command. But even so, what? How, how is that? How? Like, no, that's, how does it work, you know? Unless so, there's like a flash forward uh, or something. Well, and then we know this is the other thing that's killer is we all sort of threw up a little bit in our mouths when we realized that one of the characters <laughs> was related to Khan, right? Yeah. AKA Space Hitler. Yeah. yeah. So the, one of the, so the leaked photos from in the, you know, the public plaza where they were filming, who is he with? This actor who plays Kirk is with the actress who's like the re- relative of Khan. Yeah. So they couldn't even resist that. You know what I mean? Here's Kirk and a Khan relative together. Like, yeah. just stop, guys. Yeah, that yeah. that's what maybe even goes too far. You know what I mean? It's like okay, even further than you'd think. And so, I mean, this show is supposed to be about Christopher Pike's time as captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and like they just released a really uh, interesting kind of you know teaser that was all definitely all about Pike. You know, right. he Pike is looks like maybe he's you know, between five-year missions, disillusioned a little bit like we right. saw in the cage. Right, right. they all served a Pike. long time with Pike. Yeah. So, yeah, so he it, definitely had, he definitely was on a couple of five-year missions. Right, exactly. And so it's just such bad timing, right? That like this, they decided not only did these little, you know, set photos come out, but then they were like, oh, and surprise, this has to do with the second season of a thing you've never seen and you've just barely seen bits and pieces of the first right that is all about pike so yeah, yeah. cool one thing that this reminded me of though was the second season of discovery where they shoehorn the enterprise and pike and everybody into that before yes. the show even yeah. has its own identity yet like it's still getting its feet on the ground you're yeah. trying to figure out what exactly. it is yeah. and you're bringing in like a lot of iconic characters before the show yeah before the show was even figured out what the hell it is so maybe that won't be the case here maybe you know maybe kirk's in a one-shot deal or a two-parter or something like that i don't know well it's got to be some kind of timey-wimey thing to like have these crews overlap somehow yeah because he's and he's also wearing two different insignias at one point yeah that's interesting too when he's with when he's with khan's i know great niece or whatever the hell she is um um He's wearing some other ship's insignia, and then when you see the publicity photo that they put out of him, he's they put wearing a regular. He's got yeah. the Enterprise Delta, so which makes which it look like another... he's sitting on. He's sitting in the command chair of the Enterprise. Yeah. Do we now know? that makes me think that's a PR photo that they couldn't resist. But boy, him but in that that's set. that. Yeah, but that's not good. That's an important <laughs> know. detail. It's very salacious that they did that. I yeah. know. That's what I mean. Like, it's... do we know what the Farragut's ship insignia looks like? Well, so here's the other thing. In theory, there isn't one because this was a mistake made once and then people have run with it. In theory, everybody's supposed to have the Delta unless you're like cargo carriers. But it's sort of become fanon <laughs> that different ships have different insignia. Well, it's inconsistent in TOS, right? It is. It's all over the place in TOS. That's what I mean. Well, yeah. it, it had one exception that everyone ran with. But yeah. Okay. Um, so it depends on what it is, but it certainly looks like, yeah, they're they're running with this idea that different, you know, different starships may have had different mission insignia or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, no, we don't know what the Farragut, I mean, there's, again, lots of feigning, you know, like, oh, well, this is what the Farragut might have had. This is what, you know, based on you know, retro designs of what we saw from the Exeter and all that kind of stuff. And, but, and Kirk should not be in command of anything at this point. No, nope. he's a lieutenant at best. Or maybe a lieutenant commander. He was a yeah. quick climber, so he was probably moving fast. But still, yeah. he's yeah, not a starship you, captain. Exactly, because you figure season two 
is in 2260 because season one is 2259 like the year after discovery season two so that's five years before kirk is going to take command and he's never been in command of an enterprise yeah, so, what is is he? His first so maybe command. he's what 25 26 yeah. yeah he should have been like 25 so again that's how we know this isn't right because the actor's older and we can see the bars on his sleeves for yeah, he's got captain so, stripes yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. All right, yeah. So we're not going to dwell on it much longer. We just I, we, we couldn't we couldn't yeah. not touch. Yeah, that you tonight. can't not talk about it. Yeah, I, 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 just... I will interject. I thought one of the wisest things they made with decisions they made with the Calvin verse movies was not getting William Shatner in them. That would yes. have been too much. Nothing well, they, against. They came him close to doing that. But I know they, they tried. Did. I know. I know. Yeah. But um, I I thought that their restraint was admirable, and yeah. that they these guys don't have it is a little um. Um, no restraint. It, it demonstrates insecurity. If that's the word that comes to my mind. I to agree. quote, to quote Doctor Ian Malcolm, just because you can do something doesn't, doesn't mean you should. Mean you should do something. Yeah. Yep. He does look pretty good though. Like he, the actor looks like he he's the right type at least. Like you know, yeah, his face is yeah. his face yeah. looks is very Kirk light. Yeah. So at least Kirk-esque. there's that. <laughs> For whatever it's worth. But <laughs> let us move on. Yes. To forward, you might say. Forward. Indeed. Forward. To, to the 25th forward. century. Yeah. Um, To discuss Briefly. what we came to discuss originally, which is Picard season two. First two episodes. Yes. First two episodes. So we, uh, you know, as some of you longer listeners may remember, um, used to do regular. Well, I guess it's not since or like just a couple first season, second season of Discovery. Uh, that we used to do regular reviews of every episode of the new stuff coming out um, and then decided to, that would just take up all of our time. So we're not doing that anymore, but we really wanted to talk about Picard. A lot going on there. So what we're going to do is talk about the first couple of episodes. We originally thought, oh, let's just do the premiere, but the first two episodes are so tied together. We're going to talk about them as one sort of story chunk. Um, And then we may revisit it in mid-season or perhaps wait until the finale to talk about the season as a whole right but, yeah. but we didn't we didn't want to do episode by episode week after week now right. and if you right. want to hear that you can always jump on over to our sister podcast all access star trek who are doing week by week reviews of the new perfect shows. excellent plug kayla yes and bless them they're doing it with two episodes from two shows like at the moment yeah as they oh, well one more week of that for three weeks yeah <laughs> yeah just this week they have to do one more for discovery and yeah. then they'll be done well, then it's going to happen again, though. No, I know, um, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, <laughs> Strange New World is going to overlap by one, and by one, yeah, yeah, but it's better than three. So. Indeed. All right, so what do we think about it, guys? What What's the general feeling? What What do we like? What do we not like? Nitpicks, whatever. Mister Wright, I think we should do general impressions, which is, I mean, generally, uh, this was good stuff. Like this felt. You could tell there was uh, new people <laughs> show running. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it was a nice uh, little soft reboot, you could say. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. season one and season two. Um, they were very smart to make it jump almost two years later. And people were sort of settled into new roles, which was good. Um, certainly, like, it was really interesting to see... Uh, kind of the new starfleet it looks like <laughs> they've backpedaled from being i don't know what you want to call it but fearful jerks about yeah. everything in season Fucking one yeah. hubris yeah so I, I was so glad that there was no scene like that where captain picard <laughs> was being chewed out for no reason i i really appreciated that yeah yeah Here he's actually with, talked to by an admiral like by a admiral, admiral respectfully peer. yeah yeah as someone of his stature should be. Yeah. 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 No, the, uh, I agree. It's definitely more than, it's like not a hard reboot, not a soft one. It's like somewhere in the middle. It's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, they, they dialed back a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a, I would say really in a good way. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I think they made good right. choices yes. overall. Yes, absolutely. I, I want to echo everything that you said, Matt, my general, um, perception of the first two episodes is they're fantastic. I really, really enjoyed them. Okay. Um, I think that it, I totally agree with you. It feels like there's new blood injected, not only into the writer's room and, and the, the production stuff, but into the show. It has a different soul than yes, it did last definitely. season. Last it's season, much lighter. It, much lighter. And last season, it started out 
pretty strong and I had some really strong moments and then it got kind of mixed and, and I personally didn't like the way that it ended. Um, I thought it got way too messy. Um, mm. But even the, the the first couple of episodes, like it was messy throughout and I was rooting really hard for it because there was little bits of like glimmers of things that I thought were really awesome. And they never ran with them in the directions that I was hoping they would. And mm-hmm. I'm just really satisfied. I can't say that about this season. I'm really satisfied with it. I thought the storytelling was very competent. I thought the tone they struck was perfect. They had these mm-hmm. lighthearted moments where people like um, Elnor and Gerardi acted at different times as comic relief at the perfect times. And it, I think it can be really hard. This is one thing I really admire about, about writers that I, I find it difficult to understand where to do this to inject those pieces of humor so it doesn't feel cheesy or stupid. It doesn't mm. cheapen the moments, but it releases the tension a bit. And I, I thought there was a number of times in these first two episodes where they did that really well. I think particularly with the Agnes character is where I felt that. I thought she had some good one-liners yeah, yeah, we that, need la- to get, that landed. We need to get Allison Pill and uh, Mary Wiseman in a room together to do you know awkward like uh, tension-relieving <laughs> moments together. Because they're both really great at it, you know, and they're both naturally awkward and funny. It's just, uh, I love though you know. that like like the Tilly character is awkward and funny from this place of innocence, and the Gerardi character is awkward and funny from this place of like like um, jaded alcoholic. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, totally. She's just like fuck it, give me another martini. So speaking of Gerardi, though, though, if we're gonna lean into a nitpick for a second. Boy, did they hand wave that whole thing of her murdering people. Yeah, they kind of played up for laughs almost. And then... I, I I don't know how you deal with that, but it feels like that wasn't quite it. You know You know why it doesn't bother me? Because I'm happy to erase it. <laughs> but I, think that, I think they know that too. You if know they've I mean? decided like... this isn't where it makes sense for this character to go. Because what do you, like you said, what do you do with that character afterwards? You don't keep them. Yeah, in theory, they're they're in a penal colony. I mean, seriously, yeah. like, what do you do? Especially in a world like Star Trek, and where you know, supposed to be about morals and things like that. No, so I I don't care if they decide to undo the things that I think were bad decisions in season one. <laughs> if they need that to start fresh and have a really solid, you know, I'm I'm happy for season one to be like, um, like a prelude. It's almost like they're burying it. They're they're gonna they're gonna try to bury as much of it as they can get away with. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Totally fine with it. This feels like a fresh start, and I'm really liking what I see so far. So, good. I can't remember the last time I saw a show reboot itself this hard. Yeah, but from what is, from season a, to season, you mean? Yeah, yeah, it is welcome though. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, I mean, it was, it was badly yeah. needed. I mean, like, 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 let's just talk about for a second. The production design is a you know chef's kiss right there. It's yeah, just like it, yeah. They got in. They got in a whole bunch of really talented people, including old timers, which I thought was lovely. Mm-hmm. By the way, plus to being in LA, you can get people like the Acutas and Doug Drexler to drop by and help you out. Right. Um, Matt, uh, they're not just, called old timers anymore. They're called Legacy. Yes, Legacy. Uh, legacy. Mm. Whatever. I like these guys. <laughs> they're crotchety old timers in a way, but also, <laughs> but also, it's great because. They have they have the tips, and so you get like you know the newer newer people working hand in hand with some of the legacy people, and look what you get. You get stuff that looks like it's the late twenty fourth, you know, early twenty fifth century. Yeah. The perfect Part, blend. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it feels like a continuation of Star Trek: Next Generation's timeline. That's what it feels like finally. But but wow. modern, you know, yeah, not yeah, like it modern. takes not like it takes off that you know in in <laughs> 90s shoulder the pads. 90s exactly no, yeah. it's very, it no but no but it's a natural continuation agreed, it is it agreed, is it's very agreed. good so i think it's the perfect balance of those things bringing yeah. all those elements giving them the modern choice that we need which doesn't mean dark gritty and murderous right although episode two does but that's for a different reason <laughs> going back to you know bringing in some of the old hands to help out and show the way that is something this group up until now has been very reticent to do. Yes. And it's generated some, I think, some bad feelings here and there. Um, it makes no sense not to use their knowledge because one thing that was very obvious very early on and things that we had heard is that when they were putting Discovery together, even in the early stages of pre-production, they really did not understand the scope of what was required yeah. to create a Star Trek TV show. Because yep. there was no institutional memory at CBS uh-huh. on how to create Star Trek because nobody ever did it. It was a Paramount production. Yep. So and that whole group had already basically been put out to pasture, what, five years before? Yeah. So. so, you know, they didn't want any of the old hand come 
they were very reticent, I think, to have anybody from the older productions except for for John Eves, basically. Yeah. Other than that, they really there was no kind of interaction whatsoever, and that was a mistake. And it's good to see them correcting that. Yes, agreed. Because you can understand why they just kept going for 18 years before is they didn't want to lose that and have that happen. Yeah. yeah and there's pro- pros and cons to that, right? Because you can yes. become entrenched, which yes, I mean, absolutely. And we all know how stale things were exactly. like Voyager and Enterprise towards the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even and DS9 and yeah, then into Voyager and Enterprise, I think you can make a very good case for the, for the, for the idea that everything became too entrenched and stale. So, oh, absolutely. But this is a really nice blend, and we're seeing the beginning of this. So, it, it's a, we're in a really good place here. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine that blending old and new. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, what about you? What do you think of the episodes? So, I was not going to watch them at all because I didn't care. Because I. <laughs> But I talked you into it. I talked you hands. into it, though. Yeah. So I sent a message to Brian a week ago where I just said, "Look, you guys, if you want to talk about this, f- feel free, but I'll join you when we start talking about the Orville." And he and Brian said, "Now you should give it a try. These episodes are better than last season." And yes, absolutely, they were. It was Woo-hoo! much more watchable, a much more coherent storyline. Where, like, I understood the story that was being told rather than feeling like there was just a bunch of scenes jumbled together. Yes. Yep. Uh, I also think it helps even though, I mean, you talk about like a, a rebooting the fact that they don't need to reintroduce this char- these characters and everyone's gelled together reasonably well, I think makes a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I liked the humor, the lighthearted stuff. I liked seeing, um, Captain Rios with a cigar in his mouth because <laughs> and, and something Ridley Scott said about when they shot the first alien movie is all the people were smoking and he said in the future they'll have cured lung cancer so people will smoke as much as they want <laughs> and presumably the same would be true for a Star Trek future which is portrayed as more advanced than the, the uh, Wayland Corporation one so uh, I, I, my impression, my reaction was very positive. And I thought John Delancey was also a lot of fun, a lot of fun in the scene he was in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He had, he had kind of a blend of the menace of early Q with sort of the endearment of the later Q. Where, and, and of something a little more. And something a little more, right? Yeah. yeah they're, they're, He's they're, got um, a little cray-cray. Well, yeah. I mean, if we, if we blended episode two, they, 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 you know, he is not screwing around, right? And Picard like isn't either, where he's like, I have, I'm too old for your bullshit, you know? And then mm-hmm. but Picard Q, yeah. always said that. Well, but, but now he's, but now he's older and gives no fucks to be diplomatic about it, which is yeah. kind of fun. And, <laughs> and he gets slapped in the face. Yeah, and he gets it. slapped and Q is like, Q yeah. Q so, him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's clearly something up, right? There's something that Q needs because well, he doesn't have, and, you know. And Q tells him outright, he says, it, it, basically that, I didn't do this to you. You mm-hmm. were blown up and I gave you a second chance. He said, right. I, the wound was already there. I'm a suture. So I, I'm handing you this one little tiny chance and you better take it because it's not much. Right. Oh, I also like his line where he's like, oh, I just looked for the nearest explosion. and you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah, Delancey's well, uh, in perfect form. Yeah, he's doing great. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of him, but what we've seen of him in the first episode is great. Um. The Borg Queen stuff, uh, especially the the first new variant of a Borg Queen that we don't really see her face. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there. I'm a little worried about oh, where that, that could thing. go. Yeah, 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 on the ship. But it's very intriguing. It is. So. Dr. Ock, Borg Queen. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, of course, there's another Borg Queen that's more, I think, as uh somebody i think it i think it's a seven puts it as more traditional a more yeah. typical typical i guess it was typical borg queen that we see too yeah so i love how they use the borg queen too how they're like she can see sort of trans-dimensionally yeah and she can see sense. that the timeline is messed up there's something wrong and that we need her and she can do these mm. i love and i love too how like they're like oh well kirk you know did a number of times slingshot around the sun like well he had a kirk like, well, we have a Borg. Uh-huh. Yeah, Spock. Yeah, Spock. Yeah. Oh, Spock, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciated yeah. that they didn't choose to do that 
using um, Guinan's intuition. I appreciated that. Because that would have been the temptation, I think. So I liked that they came up with another um, means of of, uh, tracking down the anomaly they're trying to find. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of maybe Guinan... She might. We might be finding her sometime in the 21st century too to help. I'm not that, sure. I, it it seemed like the they watcher. were indicating, but they certainly seem to be implying that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know she was on Earth before then. So yeah, yep. we do. Yep. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but um, Brian, what did you think of it? I liked it for the most part. I really did. It's a. It was a huge improvement. And like as I've said to in uh, in our Slack after I watched episode one, that was the most any of this new live action Star Trek has actually felt like Star Trek. Mm. Like to me, it, like it was recognizably Star Trek and feel like it felt right I agree. For, the fir- for the first time that makes in it five years. It, it felt it. Not, I'm not counting the animated stuff. The animated stuff is pretty good, but the, um, and that's its own side thing. Yeah. I'm talking about the live action. Live stuff. action. The, yeah. That was the closest they've come to like nailing the right tone for Star Trek. Um, there are little things about it that annoy me. I mean, I do think that story is like derivative of like four or the five other Star Trek stories. Oh yeah, and they've basically said that those stories are are their like touchstones. They they've pulled from that. Yeah, I so. mean, some of this stuff is very obvious when you watch. So, it. and the one that really got me was when he said, "We have to go back to the past to save the present." I'm like, oh, wow, what a, what a creative line. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we get Riker to stand up and say time travel? Time travel. <laughs> well, the, I think the most cringy thing was when Q literally starts rattling episodes. off the episodes. Okay, yeah. I loved that. I loved that. If anyone is going to break the fourth wall, it can be him. Well, also, what the yesterday's Enterprise thing? That was beautiful. I really liked that. In a mirror, two, darkly. Yeah. 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 Um, but like, it, I think it's. I'm okay with it because it is super cheesy. But unless you're a fan who knows all the episode names, you won't even notice. Sure. So True. fine. It's only cheesy if you know, and if you know, it's yeah. A but most right. of the people watching this know that. I, would I don't think know so. if that's true. Oh, that absolutely is true. I wasn't always the level of even when I was consider myself a huge fan. Wasn't always the level of new episode names. I I think everyone would get the um, yesterday's Enterprise reference, but maybe not the Mirror Darkly one. Maybe. Anyway, overall. I really, I'm enjoying it so far. Absolutely. I'm it's, so glad that everyone's having such a positive experience with it. Yeah, so far, so good. I, I, I you know, I'm enjoying it. Patrick is, Patrick has been good. Um, the cast has more or less been good. You know, some characters I like more than others, but overall, I, 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 I just kind of echo everything you guys have been saying. It's, it's a much more solid consistent from week to week from scene to scene it just there's just less reasons to be sitting there scratching your head going what uh-huh it's yeah. not just 18 mystery boxes on top of one uh-huh. another. yeah although there's yeah, mystery no. boxes here too yeah. but like but, but it's like not that. as no not like that yeah. not in and there's no incestuous way. romulan uh incestuous romulan siblings either thank this time thank god right right <laughs> Yeah, oh my god. But overall, yeah, I liked it. I definitely, definitely, definitely enjoying it. Looking forward to seeing where they're going with it. No more Walgreens checkout counter sunglasses <laughs> from the nineties. <laughs> I can't get over them. Yeah, there's a few doozies in last season. <laughs> you know, one thing I really appreciated about um these first two episodes, and I'd love to hear from a fan who hasn't watched a lot or any Star Trek really before Picard. Um, I think it feels to me like they have done a great job of having this story set within its own universe, but at the same time be um, accessible to people who aren't Star Trek fans. So they give you the knowledge you need about the characters that matters in the moment. So they explain to you what Picard's going through and, and the, and the, the parallelized thing of what, Rafi and Seven are going through. And then even when Picard, when they showed the Stargazer, it's a very fan servicey moment. It's like, burr, 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 and it shows Stargazer written on the thing. A fan, that someone who's not as big of a fan wouldn't know what that meant. But then as soon as Picard's on the ship, it's him sort of geeking out going, this, I was, you know, my first command was the, the other Stargazer. And he's like, yes, I know. Um, so it's giving all the information 
that people need to understand why certain scenes resonate for those characters in a way that's not heavy handed. And I just, I think they, they massage that in really well. Mm-hmm. You can tell they've learned some things. Yeah. From when Absolutely. they started doing this. Absolutely. No question. So I do have some, what do you guys think about the whole, uh, Laris is now <laughs> widow and, mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. So Javon's just like gone. Bye. Yeah. Okay. And that, that's only because they needed to have someone he is close to, like, to sh- talk about his fear of like long term intimacy, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure where that's going. I don't know if I totally like that with Laris because, I mean, in theory, he's actually like her rescuer, right? And boss. Yeah, so there's a weird dynamic there anyway. Um, and then, of course, the one thing that, that Kayla, I'm sure you will agree with this. There's also a, lar- a large redheaded elephant in the room that they're stepping around. Yeah. Which is they don't want to talk about, like, Bev at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, at all. At all. And it's kind of weird. Um, so, I mean, it was true in season one, but now they're talking about, like, relationships and, like, uh, stuff. Yeah. Like, pfft. But like nope, you said, they're, nope, handling, really they're handling the relationship stuff very awkwardly. It's introduced. Yeah, it's sure introduced awkwardly. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to explore yeah, in no, his character. The card right. is definitely guarded. There's no question. Oh yeah, about it. and, and, and we've all known the that press for it. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's alone now, and he's old. Um, yeah, but the way they kind of bring it in, and then they kind of start hitting it over the head several times, and it's just like it's not. It's not set up very smoothly, I don't think. See, I don't have a problem with that. I agree with the initial sentiment of like, yes, the premise in terms of character development, in terms of exploring that aspect of his character, totally relevant, totally cool, I'm into it, has parallels with other things in the story, is going to be obviously an overarching thing because he has to make decisions, you know, whatever, yada, yada. It's going to come back up at the end of this show, for sure. But my problem is what Matt was touching on which is the relationship between him and Laris was already defined as one that had a power imbalance built into it. And it feels completely inappropriate uh-huh. for, to, for them to have been put together. Well, I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons why Picard sort of shies away from it too. Is she's younger. He, he rescued her. You know, it seems weird. So. Yeah. Well, he's her, he's her, like she like brings him his tea in the morning. It's not appropriate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's his like caretaker. They're basically. not equals in on that level, and so. So that, you preclude, know, that precludes him from having a relationship ever, then. It doesn't make sense for I think for them. It doesn't feel appropriate for her to continue being his servant, and also his lover. No, I don't. Well, I agree, but it never gets to that point. But it never gets to that point. But that's where they were saying, like, maybe it should have gone. They're also they're making the audience feel sad that he didn't take that opportunity. And I'm like, but she still literally brings him his tea in the morning. Like, it's... I didn't feel comfortable with that aspect of it. Okay. Yeah, it was a little weird, I have to say. I, I, I just wondered why Picard hasn't sought out Anja from Star Trek Insurrection, right? <laughs> so you could go back to the Baku planet and and reignite the love that set the galaxy on fire and he will get young again and there's that as well there you go his boobs would firm up exactly <laughs> exactly and i think get, and, i think they're trying to ignore insurrection as much as anything else i yeah. would think so yeah um i'm curious what you guys thought about the really messed up totalitarian version of things so i thought they went too overboard with it right like the 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 mirror universe is like the most iconic mirror mirror is the most iconic episode of the franchise, but there's a cartoonishness to it, and I appreciate that they aren't in uh, the mirror universe again. It's something that's mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. mirror that's, mirror light. That's yeah, key. It is, it is definitely though similar. Right, yeah, it's to the point, yeah, to the point yeah. where Q name drops the episode of Enterprise where yeah. they where yes. they went to the mirror universe. But they go um, out of their way to say it's not an alternate 
It's not a parallel dimension. Right. It's not a yes. right. Right. So that was good. So I like that. But it's like, back to the future rules. Something exactly. there it is. Yes. Current, yes. Yeah. He needs to go back and, and get the uh, uh, and get the almanac from Bill. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, I thought uh, uh, the part where they went a little too far for me was where he was like reciting the opening um, text from the intro, but with bad words instead of good words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it would have been okay to not do that. Also, I wondered, is are we supposed to assume that Eradication Day is this universe's first contact day? That's what I took it yeah, as. Yeah, I think I would think so, yeah. Okay, okay. Because they didn't cite the date specifically, right? That's interesting. I, I, I actually did, did not think of that. Yeah, I assumed it was the yeah the corollary to it in this universe, or this version. This but yeah, it, it's definitely, obviously, it gives you a little feeling of the mirror universe. It's got that kind of, you know, totalitarian environment. Um, and there's also elements of patterns of force in it, I think, too. Oh, yeah, oh, totally. sure, yeah, because the fascism part is unmistakable, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that skull room is quite something, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Did, did anyone else notice the costume from the first episode of Star Trek Discovery? Uh, yeah, the Klingon, the, the torchbearer. Yeah, well, they, you know, oh, they spent crap yes. tons that of they money. They spent on crap it. tons of money yeah. on, and so then they told gotta use all the somehow. toy companies that they were going to sell bonkers uh, numbers of these toys. Yeah. And then yeah. they spent a ton of money making all the toys, and then and it, like the character, the character was on screen for like two seconds. Yep. Ah, <sighs> yeah. But don't worry, yeah. here it is, front and Good center. Times. Yeah, yeah. Torchbearer and Takuma. Yeah. That's right. Both gone quickly. Yeah. Um, oh, I think that's hilarious. Yeah, but there's some good stuff. Like he kills, he's killed Goldicott. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I love it. Quite a, he's that, got quite a collection. I that love that the the internet has nicknamed that Skull Ducat. <laughs> How did they not think of that? It's <laughs> but it's funny because of course, like there's. Sarek and like poor Grand Negus Zack is there, and, like, and uh, okay. there's a lot of discussion okay. about why the Ferengi have bones in their yes. ears. Yes, okay, so it is established on multiple occasions that for Ferengi's ears, despite being much larger than ours, are just as cartilaginous as ours. If I pronounce yeah. that word right, oh, they to went the back point and where forth like like Rom will like sometimes angle his ear to like eavesdrop on people, right? Where he grabs the, where Max Grodenchik grabs the prosthetic and, and points it at things. So uh, I think it's obviously they had to do that or else we maybe wouldn't telegraph that they were Ferengi, but I don't think they'd really have bones in there. Yeah. The, 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 the production design folks went back and forth on just how much should have been more yeah. bone cartilage and stuff. I'm okay with it. I think they could have scaled it back a little bit. It's, this is another one of those things is like, as like, the production staff assuming that the audience is very stupid. It's the same reason that Picard's clone or pic- the picture of Picard um, oh, in Generations, uh, where he's no, a young nemesis. man. Nemesis. Sorry, in Nemesis, where he's a young man, yeah, is yeah. bald because the audience wouldn't understand uh-huh. that a yep. man with hair could be the same person. It feels yeah. a little bit like that. It wasn't that egregious, and I'm not even going to care that much about it. But uh-huh. there it is. Did did it establish that it was Zek? Or, yeah, or... the nameplate is Zek. Oh, okay. It says it. He didn't say it on. He didn't say it, but the pictures that have come out from the design team have it as Zek. But like, okay, because his nemesis, his nemesis, Ferengi nemesis, was Damon Bach, right? So I, I when I saw it, I yeah. wondered if they were doing. Yeah, that but deep, this is this is cut. heads. This is literally heads of state. He- heads, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, well said. Well said. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kay- Kayla. I think I talked over you. No, no, no. Um, this I, I feel like the solution to this problem is just say out loud who it is and remove the ear bones. Sure. We all could have been like, "That's." Because I mean, the rest of the head is very obviously Ferengi. Otherwise, sure. yeah, 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 yeah the shape, you know. Which yeah. also, I I do feel like like the butt head part on their forehead. I always felt like that should be like like very fleshy like i never imagined that that was a shape of the bone so i also would have thought like i would think that the skull of a frango would look actually very similar to a human unless you look real closely or were like you know a, like an anthropologist or something because it looks like really fleshy skin but okay i guess as canon now that's bone <laughs> they just have very thin skin uh-huh. on top of their bony butt heads <laughs> 
Maybe if we look at the skull, we'll finally know what's on the back of a Ferengi's neck. Oh, yeah, that's true, because they usually have the little covering, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, the Quark didn't wear one. We, we know. That's true, that's true. So, yeah, so apparently this was all caused somehow, some way. We obviously don't know much of anything about it. Back in 2024, the Borg Queen says. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, the classic trope going back to quote-unquote modern day. Yep, yep. which just happens to be Southern California. In in Los Angeles. Conveniently, (laughs) it happens in Los Angeles. It's always in Los Angeles or San Francisco, which is also The true home of Star Trek is not San Francisco. It's Los Los Angeles. Angeles. (laughs) It's LA. It's the Paramount Studio lot. Yeah. And 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 uh, a forty minute driving radius around that if they need to go into the desert. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah. To or a to desert that. planet. Yeah. That's right. What do we think about all the stuff involving his mom, Picard's mom? So I'm. So this is one of those things that's a little worrying because this goes back to that whole suddenly Kirk can ride horses when he never could because Bill Shatner does thing. Right. <laughs> this this is. This is, I mean, Sir Patrick has said that he, he had a really bad childhood. Like, we know this. Yes. Yeah. And, and now Picard had a shitty childhood, too. Like, his, his, his dad sounds like an ass, but not necessarily an abusive, you know, physically anyway. Right. Abusive no. asshole, like we were I, strongly I implied that he here. he was. Patrick Stewart has talked about that. That's why he's... um a really big advocate for like battered. No, no, I know that's that's Patrick Stewart. Talk about Picard's dad, but Picard, the character. Yeah. So I'm saying this is the bleeding of the, of the actor's life into the character's life. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, cause we know that Picard's, you know, dad was a, you know, kind of a jerk and you see him in tapestry. Staunch. Right? Oh, no, that's right. We do. Yeah, yeah, you see, you see, yeah, that's right. He's kind of an ass. his mom in where no one has gone before. Where is he in tapestry? Right at the very beginning, right yeah. the when beginning. they're in the afterlife, tells him how disappointing he is in him. Yeah, oh, he tells him yeah, how disappointing yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. So, 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 look, he's an ass, right? But like, he's, but we don't know that he's this like super abusive, you know, person, which is most definitely what they're showing. It seems this. like it, yeah, absolutely. So, I but mean, it's, it's not, not like it's not like it was established differently. No, it's not far yeah. It's not a super far reach to make this happen. I'm just saying this is that whole the actor indulging the, the actor. character, right. yeah. Which right. like we I, could I be mean, okay. Didn't we all you know? expect actor indulgence to happen when Patrick Stewart had an oh, executive producer? Credit? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, <laughs> like, of course. It's just like the movies. Like I yeah, want to go write ATVs in the desert, so they invented the. Of course, Argo. but it doesn't mean it's a good idea. There's another <laughs> interesting parallel to the generations in the sense that. In Generations, when you watch Shatner, you don't feel like you're watching Kirk so much as you're watching Shatner. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Patrick is kind of yeah. like that now when you watch Picard. 100%. I feel like half the time I'm watching Patrick Stewart and not Jean-Luc Picard. 100% agree. Yeah. That same thing kind of happened with um, Deanna in the movies where she became a lot more Marina. As more Marina, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they kind of yeah. dropped the facade after a while and just played themselves. Um, but yeah, Matt, I think that they're definitely bringing Patrick's real life experience in. No question. Yeah. No Which question. is, you know, for maybe good, maybe not. Now, Just something to be... Now, the one thing area where I think they might muddle it slightly is at when at one point she gets dragged away. Yeah, that was weird. And it happens at a very high rate of speed, almost like something not maybe not human, human was grabbing yeah. her. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of Picard being yanked into engineering in first contact. Data. And I wonder if that is purposeful. Me too. I wonder about that. There are definitely some theories about who this mysterious mass queen being, is. Data, I'm sorry. Data being yanked. It's all right. We it, knew who you meant. Yeah. The best The best theory is that the Borg Queen is Picard's mom. Yes. Yeah. I don't boy, know how that boy, works, do we but I almost that feel like that could happen. happen. It, it, it won't it happen. Seems, That's insane. It, it's completely it insane. Im- impossible that that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. Yeah. That would it be, does. It, it's a it's a bit of a misdirect, I think. I hope so. But how do you explain the Borg Queen telling him to look up? Well, I think, I mean, I think what was insidious about that to me was that she knows something she knows more about him and his sort of soul and well his, yeah you know he's I mean, he's dwelling on this lately 
and, and, and maybe she's acting more as a mirror exactly um reflecting you know his preoccupations because that's the thing he's preoccupied with at the time is that thing weighing on him and this path he's taken in his life and all of this right the choices and that he's made it's clear that this is a very unusual uh board queen and circumstance because dude they ask for him by name and yeah. they claim then they claim it's for like peace negotiation and then they dock off themselves into the ship yeah yeah which is a little crazy yeah, it was but, a little dumb but I well, I think again that's supposed to be a. I mean, I don't know where this is going at all. But my hunch is we end up back here, but it plays out differently by the end of this show. You know, this season, and yes. it, you're yeah. you are not supposed to be. I think a lot of this goes back to you know because we're about to be, you know, the totalitarian thing is of course very xenophobic, very afraid of things, and gee, in a time when we're very afraid and leaning towards. Uh, not great things like in the 2020s something pivotal happens to push it that direction right? right and so i think there's something to be learned there that the board queen may not be doing quite what you think she's doing agreed so don't blow up the ship right like you know it's that whole don't have this knee-jerk reaction you're not actually doing what you think it only on the surface right. you know right. we'll see i don't because know because she does stun everybody right yeah, and they make a they make a clear point of saying, "Well, that's unusual. She's only stunning people," you know. Right. Yeah, so. and like you know, I 100 percent agree with what you're saying, Matt. And like, I feel like, um, you know, the, we've seen before a lot of times in Star Trek this idea of having to convey a sort of coded message because it needs to be something concise. So there's like that uh, a very obvious parallel is um, when Picard is Locutus and he tells you know sleep data and that's this mm-hmm. message or um yep the, the the one of many episodes where the enterprise keeps blowing up and um <laughs> and and data puts the number three oh, yeah. into everything yes. and so that he looks at Riker has three pips and you know his idea is the one that's gonna work so to me her saying look up is like this sort of coded message in that sense of she sees this in him she sees this reflection of his inter his whole she sees everything about him at once because she's this trans dimensional being and she sees this whole of him and that's she only has a second to get a message to him and that's her message but what does it mean we were we won't know until the end of this of this season there is also the possibility that that entire scenario that we watched was it was a a q construct the, yeah the anomaly the anomaly itself all of it was to draw him out there and see what he would do yeah. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's possible, but I got the feeling when Q was there, he was like, "This shit happened." To yeah, you. I think you probably I'm did here too. To help, but, the, but it, I, there is that possibility though. That sure, he, that was all part of it, you know, because he does have a history of playing with uh, anomalies, temporal anomalies. Yeah, I thought that was meant to be a callback to um, all good things. The way that that anomaly looks really cool too. But it was the way. beautiful. That was such a lovely piece of artistry on that one. Yeah, um, I have a question. About the Borg Queen, about the about Picard and the Borg, actually. So when they're on the Stargazer, Picard is not able to hear the Borg. That's right. And has to ask Seven. Yep. So does that mean because he's not in his original yep. body anymore new, because his consciousness was moved? Yep. But new, the other Borg brain Queen is, still recognizes Right. Well, that's, that's what I was just about to say. This is where the inconsistency comes in. She He walks into the room and she calls him Locutus. So I would I mean, think, it's been a while since he was in the collective. Maybe he has really worked more of it out of his system by this point. Maybe. And he can't hear them anymore. Maybe. Now, the I think that I think that I'm, I'm like 99% certain that's them not giving a nod to the fact that he has the new body. Yeah, I think that's because, what it is, too. Well, because they, they, they do it, they do talk about it a little like Brian bit. Says. Well, I mean, he still he he still physically looks the same. That's how they knew him. Fair, you know. That's the only thing I can think of. It's, yeah, it's, but but they can perceive that. more than. Oh, I know, but like it's still him well, in there. So what? Well, is no, wait. Who says the cutest? But it's it's the Borg Queen Borg that's all Queen. schizophrenic in the yes. Okay, so she doesn't know what she's Borg saying. Queen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but That's she says Locutus. She like calls he him Locutus. Him. Yeah. No, I know, but I mean, he was at one point Locutus. She's like spread across fifteen different like temporal causalities. Like, 
it makes sense that she might call him acute. I guess, almost. but like, aren't they all kind of spread out against against different causalities? Like Seven says, like she's some kind of transdimensional. She she sees multiple dimensions, like normally, not just because she's schizophrenic. Like, oh yeah, that's like, true. The queen does apparently have some awareness. So in yeah. theory, like the new queen or like the Doc Ock queen should also know that he's Locutus. <laughs> in theory, yeah, I guess so. But then her her goal in theory was also peace, so she doesn't care about. Yeah, I like I believe her. I think you're totally right that it's gonna come to, at the end. She's trying to tell him like something, th- anyway. like no, like please trust us. Like this is. So you know what this this brings up a kind of crazy thought. I mean, I don't have any answers to it, but you know that, of course, we know like the Borg were beaten back severely by Janeway, and they're they're basically stuck in the Delta Quadrant, licking their wounds at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, give or take a little bit and then it's interesting to think that um we the the borg are essentially a non-entity all the way out in the 32nd century in discovery too they're they're still highly like isolated or barely talked about and so it just makes you wonder like well what okay so what what did happen right well maybe we're about to find out something about Mm. what happens to them why are they not it, really an it issue? Would, it, would, it would be weird to not draw connective tissue between the two series. It would be weird. Yeah, I think they will. I, also, my question is, why did the Borg ask for Picard specifically? Is it because he was Locutus? Or because, well, that's the question. We don't because know. he's the main character of the show. There <laughs> you go. Sorry. <laughs> Plot armor. He's the one making the most money. Yeah. I mean, really, outside of him and Seven... Those are the only two people you would ask for, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Or Hugh. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Oh. Hugh's dead. They killed Or each. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you two rehearse that ahead of time? No, but it's just like, it's like such the obvious thing. You're like, oh, but wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. They did stupid stuff with those characters. Uh, Can we just forget Hugh. that that happened? Yeah. yeah. Hugh is totally just tossed away. Yeah. I don't really care about each other. Uh, but they, made, yeah. they made such a big deal out of him at the convention beforehand. I'm like, oh, he'll be an integral part of this series. Yeah, they've done nope. that. Before. Just like the torchbearer. The torchbearer and like I remember going to the and first Sakuma. convention. Yeah, the first convention. Yeah. Where like they rolled out all these actors from for like for the Discovery crew that we were like, oh, we got we need to know who these guys are because they're gonna be key players in the show. And then they and got they killed in the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> like okay thanks for that <laughs> yeah like what was the point you would, yeah. i felt so let down as a fan like why did you make this such a thing yeah because yeah. uh, that because they were available because everyone else was still busy filming yeah that's what that it turned was, out that was a be. large part of it i think yeah. yeah we didn't know that exactly but, but it was more than that like they advertised it as if like even not just at the convention like online oh yeah well, that goes back to that mystery box that they were really into, which is like, we'll tell you but this. But they exploded that whole box else. like 30 minutes into the show. <laughs> it wasn't much of a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, things were rather um, unfortunate during season one. Yeah. This was the, yeah. another example of this, you know, where they were like selling one thing on the sort of PR side of things. In like in like what you'd read about online and interviews, yeah. and then the actual show portrayed something completely different. Yeah, and what I like about this season, I agree with you, Kayla. The, one of the things I like about this season of Picard is we're not getting that kind of nonsense thrown at us. Agreed. Yes, like they're not telling us much family. of anything. Yeah, no, they're letting us figure it out on our own, which is what they should have been doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yes. Oh yeah. A whole it, There's really a lot of um, what's the phrase? Putting the cart before the horse. When you can when you can tell that the people behind the show. We're less interested in what the story should be and more interested in, well, what are our first 60 days on social going to look like? Yeah, there's a certain amount of that, absolutely. And I think they've dialed that back and emphasized other things now better. Like Dave Blass, who is the production yep, designer production for the designer. show. Yeah. He's, he's very visible on social media. He posts pictures of the set and is really trying to bring people along on the on the, the journey and letting people know, you know, who designed this. And here's a little detail you probably couldn't see on camera, but like, you know, something you guys will probably enjoy. Terry Metalis is like that too, the showrunner. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. You know, he you know, so I, that's why it's a good sign for season two and season it is, three of this it show. Is, it is. Because those guys were in charge. <laughs> yeah. So And they know they're they're 
there are times when I feel like there's a disconnect with what CBS and Paramount are trying to put out to us. Yeah, they don't case quite... in point, the Kirk announcement. Yeah, today was a good example. <laughs> yeah. um, but these two guys who are just like us, they're fans, they've been fans a long time, and they know what will get fans' engines running. You know, yeah, but like not in a oh, yeah. fan service, pure fan service no, way. No, like but they're like, also just, artists. <laughs> yeah, but they know like the what they know what behind the scenes kind of things get get us going. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like Dave Blast knew exactly what to post <laughs> to get everybody worked up. Yeah, he and it's stuff oh, yeah. that normally like like the things that they were like you know not letting um, people talk about previously when when oh. when the production was under much oh, yeah. tighter control were things that like that doesn't give anything away about the story. It's just like little things that fans only would care about. Like I think they got mad once because I think was it Ted Sullivan posted a picture of Sinequa who happened to have a piece of green screen behind her. Like, oh no, you gotta take that down. Yeah, come on, guys. Like stupid stuff like that. So it's good. Like it's really good now. You've got like I said, Dave Blast is really doing some really cool stuff and Terry and a few other folks too. I mean it's 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 a nice feel right now, I think. So I just wanted to to real quick highlight a tweet recently by Brent Spiner because I think this is germane to the conversation we're having, particularly about this idea of um, you know having them sell one version of the show in the PR side and then have a different thing on screen. Um, so we tweeted recently, I hate this trend of showing actors talking about their characters after an episode. It's like a magician showing how he does his tricks. Kills the illusion you've spent so much time creating. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I really that, this agree. is why this is why Christopher Nolan does not do DVD commentaries. He has a bunch of directors for that reason. Absolutely, Jared. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of Brent, yeah, you you caught you you well you you hear him more than you see him, but you do see him. <laughs> you, the statue. The statue yeah. of was it Adam? Yep. Adam Soong. Adam Soong. Yeah, you can hear Brent. A so, safe galaxy is a human galaxy. Right. So I mm-hmm. assume we're going to see that character at some point, or maybe Earth we're going to meet an ancestor of that character. In it's LA. just, like it, honestly, it's just comical at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think Brent belongs in there at all. No. no. We don't need, we, yeah, I mean, we already I mean, we love, eight Soongs. I mean, we playing. love Brent, but yeah, the amount of Soongs out there is ridiculous. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. Also, wow, the Soongs have very strong genes. Don't right. they? Don't very pay. strong the male yeah. Sungs. yeah yeah so maybe they maybe they intermarried to keep the bloodlines pure like the, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, the maybe they're gonna go back maybe they're gonna go back to 21st century in la and they're gonna find out that the that the, the, oh. the Sung descendant in that area is brent spiner oh my gosh <laughs> and he's Sung. working and and he's a tech giant working with ed bagley jr <laughs> <laughs> right chrono works and sarah mm. silverman yeah. Oh. oh, was she in that? Yeah, she was oh, great. I forgot that. that. She said she'd be in another Star Trek yeah, if, she, if she was asked. Working at yeah. Griffith Observatory, man. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, clearly, though, Mr. Spiner has himself a, another sort of pivotal role somehow. Yeah, um, somewhere in here. <laughs> probably not a, it's probably not as big a role as he had in season one. but No, I don't think so. But it still seems like he's probably this person or or someone you know related to him is 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 part of this pivot that changes in the 2024 la so that man must get down on his knees and thank god for star trek every day seriously yep so the guy who plays the traveler was almost data yeah oh gosh the fact that he wasn't is is um the best thing that ever happened to brent spiner yeah well, Mitchell Ryan, who died recently, who played Kyle Riker, was in the running to be Picard. Really? Oh, oh was he? Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's been a really weird difference. Yeah. That would have been very different. Much different. Yeah. 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 Wasn't he also on Dharma and Greg? He was yep. on a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. Mitchell he Ryan was in a lot of things. He's too gruff. Yeah, he was a great actor. I liked, he, was, he was good. I always liked his work. I liked he him as Riker's dad. Yeah, me too. I thought he was great. I like that they came up with a form of martial arts that allowed them to completely obscure the actor's face, thus effortlessly being able to slide in. (laughs) The ultimate evolution of martial arts? The ultimate evolution of the martial arts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm trying to think. Okay, so um, 
I like that Patton Oswalt was the voice of yes. the Cyber Kitty. We need Funny, to mention right? that. Yes. And when I recognized him immediately. When yes. yeah, he's got such a distinct voice. Okay, when they said his name was Spot Seventy Three, I thought, oh, they're referencing Feline Supplement from an episode of TNG. And I was wrong. There's a Feline Supplement Seventy Four that David oh. gets to spot oh, at so one close. point, not yeah. Seventy Three. Yeah. So my instincts were wrong in that case. I meant to actually Google that because I had the same thought as you, and then I totally forgot and never did. So, but That's you a great that thought, though. Yeah. yeah. It would seem like a, a harmless little Easter egg they, they that, would, totally t- that would tickle some people's brains but wouldn't distract anyone else. Yeah. Anything else? Or, or any, do, we have, do we have any predictions? Do we want to go on the record with any predictions? I am reticent to do much of that. I, I feel like I've already prognosticated about that as much as I comfortably do. Yeah, I think I made really some pretty clear predictions. Flat out, uh, willing to do it. They're going to come back to this stargazer explosion at the end. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. We're going to find out that the Borg Queen was trying to tell them to trust her, that they're doing yeah, something good. I agree, I agree with that. Peace. And that he see she can see into Picard, and that we're gonna find out what look up means, and it's definitely not because the Borg Queen is his mom. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Those are I my predictions. So. Yeah, I hope she's not. I think I think she will be though. Do we think here? Well, here's quite here's stuff. We do we think Guyan will appear in 2024? I think this is um, decent. Okay. So the thing is, they 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 went out of their way to talk about how Whoopi Goldberg looks so much physically different now than she did in the 90s, despite the fact that they that live, live a thousand years, right? Boom. So it would be really weird to go back and bring her back as um, modern day Whoopi. Um, in, but that doesn't uh, prevent the idea that they might do some kind of terrible deep fake. De-aging. Well, they de-aged... Let's talk about... There's one thing we didn't mention. They de-aged um, John Delancey for a yeah. moment. Yes. For, for five seconds. And it looked which, good because it was he was far it was away. It was brief. It was uh-huh. brief. And it was brief. And it was fast. It was brief. I mean... I mean, do you guys watch this channel on YouTube, The Corridor Crew, where it's these VFX guys who talk about, who like analyze different effects. They, they talk about deep fakes all the time. And they always say, this was a terrible deep fake in this movie. We're going to do a better one today in the three and a half hours. Right? I, I don't want to see them do an episode <laughs> about Picard. So uh, so I, I, I hope they don't bump into Guinan, but it seems like it'd be weird if they didn't. Well, because they've they've hung a lantern yes they did very much did yeah. this idea that she's long lived yes anyway we'll see we shall see yeah will yeah. they yeah. go to griffith observatory <laughs> <laughs> will will they meet a young zephram cochran <laughs> he yeah he'd be he'd be young but yeah yeah they could He's hanging out in Montana somewhere, I guess. I That's know. true. He's probably in Montana. So I always presumed he moved to Montana after the Pacific Rim got wiped out by I nukes. assume he did, too, or something. And, uh, he strikes me as the kind of dude that doesn't like being around a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, they're they're very, they, they're, you know, there's nothing about it yet, but they're very close to, of course, World War Three. Right. They're getting mighty close to that as well. What so. year does it exactly happen? I forget. Um... I don't think they give an exact date, but we know it's sometime before. I think they first do. They contact. say like twenty twenties. No, I don't think in first contact date they say it's been exactly x amount. Doesn't data say oh. x amount of years after the after the third world war? Does he say an exact amount? I really maybe I don't, remember. Remember. I don't remember. But anyway, we're bumping up against that too. Like twenty twenty four is getting closer to that. Right to World War Three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twenty twenty six into twenty fifty three. Oh okay. man, you beat me to it. I was going. I was going to the memory <laughs> page. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find. So when ten years was, after World. So it's ten years. When, when well, was the, the when was no, the that's, kangaroo that's court? Two years. Yeah, that's two years away from where they're going to be. Twenty twenty four. It starts in twenty twenty six. The World War three. And it ends in what did you say? Twenty fifty three. Yeah. So ten years. So it's so first contact is ten years later. Ten right? years later. Okay. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, what year was the was Q's kangaroo court supposed to be? Do we have any kind That's of That's a good on that? thing. I, they've never really said exactly, but it's somewhere in there. Let's see. Do they have an idea? Well, and there's the in in that episode they have him changing into different time periods of humanity, and they yeah. show one yeah. 
like is that the, what, Army War Three, where he's where he's got that sort the, of black the, 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 dr- the drug addict, the, the drug addict soldier? soldier. Yes. Yes. Yeah, was that supposed to be, to be World War Three? Yeah. yeah, that was an '80s version of World War Three. Yes, very '80s. <laughs> I'm finally reaching deep space. Remember that line? No, I don't. He sniffed. He takes a hit of whatever is on his hit, uniform. Yeah. Is that what he says after he takes that hit? I don't, yeah. I don't, oh, there's a picture I don't of him right remember here. that at all. On the memory alpha page yeah. for World War III, there's a picture. Q yep. dresses as a soldier of one of the armies of World War III and using a retractable stimulant dispenser. He looked like something out of like David Lynch's Dune. Yep. Yeah. Or he's going skiing. <laughs> it's also a little bit like Star Wars-y looking with that little thing on his chest. It's also very, very Jem Hadari to 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 get your soldiers addicted to drugs. Yes. Ooh, Colonel Green. Okay, uh, so good old Colonel Green. The um the trial was during the quote unquote post atomic horror. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. during the war; it was afterwards. Okay, right. In tw- twenty seventy nine, it was supposed to be, I guess. Okay, interesting. Okay, so that's way off. So I we are not going to see. Any midgets with cowbells. So Correct. I can, I can... <laughs> no. Think, things are much closer to today than they are like to cowbell World midgets. Three. Yes, yeah. unfortunately. Fu Manchu cowbell midgets. Yes. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, I don't know why, but they are. Yeah. <sighs> All right, guys. Well, having gone sufficiently off of the rails. I think we're out of material at this point. Yeah, we don't want to overanalyze it either at this point. It's yeah. only two episodes in. But I, I will again say I am thrilled to hear you all have such positive reactions to it. I had a very positive reaction to it. I'm very excited for the rest of this season and maybe even more so for season three, which I hear is even more its own special thing. That, that's what they're saying. That's, that's what, what the showrunner yeah. has actually said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, so, it's really got its own heart. So yeah, so we'll maybe depending on where the story is, maybe we'll come back mid-season if we feel like we've got enough to go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we won't feel um, bound by a schedule, right? But we if will... not, then we'll be back at the end. We're free spirits. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, we will do. If we're not doing those reviews, we will do other shows. But yeah. So tune in recording. next week. Or two weeks from now. Same two bad time. Same bad channel. Same bad time, meaning, you know, whenever we get around to it. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever your phone downloads this podcast. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sticking with us. We're a little yes. erratic. <laughs> yeah, we, we were just, yeah, we've been, a lot of us have been running around the past couple of weeks traveling and whatnot. So this was the first time we could really get everybody together. Yeah. So. We were going to do a first episode summary, and then it became two episodes, which was probably better anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. no, it made sense to, to put the two together as yeah. one piece. So, so there you have it. Our two-episode review of Star Trek Picard Season 2. Tell us in the comments what you thought. Yes, let's hear what you're thinking, guys. And how everything we said is wrong. Also, if we if we do a detailed ranking of which of these two seasons is our favorite, um, we look forward to that at a future event, like we did with the seven <laughs> seasons of TNG. Of course, I think everyone. Well, there's already only going to be three, yeah. So, yeah, we, I think we already know the, the the current ranking. What the current ranking is? Yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you in a few weeks. Enjoy the show, and All right. uh, we'll talk Bye, soon. Everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks, thanks everybody. Bye, everybody.